If an actress can't read and can learn all her lines and deliver a great performance, shouldn't we be applauding her ability to adjust so well? <laughs> so oh my god. Oh my and I god. love the comment section because it's like half people being like, oh my god, I love you for standing up for this community. And the other half is like, are you fucking joking? <laughs> Okay. All right. So I told you I had something to reveal to you once we started recording. Mm-hmm. Look at this shit. Trial <gasps> summons. Uh oh. Okay, but here's the thing. I'm I'm like eighty five percent sure I can get out of this because it's for Baltimore City. Bro, now the brilliant thing about Baltimore City is that it's actually like its own county. So Baltimore City is not part of a county. It's just Baltimore City, like kind of like Washington, Mm D.C. So and obviously I don't live there anymore. Now, I looked it up and I have to provide probably a copy of my lease to prove that I don't live there anymore. I live in Montgomery County now, and I think I can get out of it, which is good because it's like in less than a month. It's on October 5th. And also it's confusing because it says I'm hereby summoned to jury as a trial juror for one day or one trial. And I'm like, one day sounds like it's a lot less of a commitment than one trial. Wait, have you never done jury duty before? Nope. Never done jury duty. I got selected for it uh, at some point in 2020, but because of the pandemic, I was allowed to defer. So I picked, I picked the maximum deferment, which was uh, I think it was 16 months. So oh maybe God. this is them coming back to me after 16 months. And they're like, here you go. Guess what? Uh, I don't live there anymore. I, that might be it. Um, I've done jury duty before kind of fun was it for are you allowed to talk about it was it like a juicy oh totally um it was not really a juicy case um so what they mean by one day or one trial is that the trial you get placed on could be one day or it could be two weeks or it could be three months it could be very long yeah so like they're like oh one day or you don't get or you don't get picked at all for anything or you just sit there for a day and then go home and then you collect your money um but so I love yeah, how they I won't it. pay for your parking. They won't pay for meals. I know it's not a hotel well, room if you live far away. <laughs> well, okay, hold on. If you get you one, you shouldn't get jury duty somewhere that you don't live. So that would no, not but, be necessary. No, but and like think about if you get sequestered, it. then they will put you in a hotel. Oh, okay. It's not like they'll put you. I mean, you have to be put in a hotel if you're sequestered. I mean, it depends on the type of sequestering too. This like is complicated. If it's, <laughs> yeah, but anyway, I did jury duty. My 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 trial was two days. Um, I got selected. I did it in college. Um, it was just a domestic violence trial. Um, and we actually ended up finding the guy not guilty because the, um, prosecution just like had literally no evidence. He didn't even get arrested for domestic violence. He was arrested for something else. And then somehow this came about and it was a little bit messy. And then the, um, the victim wasn't present, um, at the trial either it was just like a lot of missing elements and we were like well our requirement is that we have to say that this person is guilty beyond reasonable doubt and there was reasonable doubt so we were like we can't say that he's guilty so we had to say that he was not guilty so you all really just sit in a room and debate the evidence yeah pretty much so you you That's sit there and crazy. you listen and then they put you in a tiny little room like i feel like i was in an attic and they just like <laughs> shut the door and then it, when you're done oh you have to like God. push a button and it's also super awkward because if there's like no dominant personality in the room, everybody yeah. just kind of sits there and stares at each other. Did you talk at all? 
Yeah, but it was kind of funny because it was a domestic violence situation. So it's like nobody wanted to be like, oh, yeah, this guy obviously didn't do this. Mm -hmm. And I think we all did believe that he did do it. But we were just like, we can't say that he did because the evidence isn't there. And so we all just kind of sat there staring at each other. And then finally, somebody was and then we were like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah." Oh, my God. But it was kind of fun because I met these women that were like a little bit older. They were, I called them by jury duty moms. Um, they were so sweet and they were like, Oh my God, do you want to ride home? Like afterwards, like we were friends. Um, it was fun. That's and cute. then in Milwaukee, if you get jury duty and you wear your jury, your juror sticker, you can get free lunch at the, um, at Stop. the M- Milwaukee County Museum. And so you best believe when they passed around that roll of jury duty stickers, I said, <laughs> Oh my goodness. See, there's there's a small part of me that's like I would be curious to do it, but the, I feel like most of the time you to. also don't get picked as to be a juror. We actually just had a jury duty policy like put in at my job because somebody like nobody ever got jury duty and then finally somebody did it. We were like, "Oh, what do we do about this?" And our old ED was like, "Well, the people in this room are the people that I want to be on juries. Like, I want you guys to be jurors." Like Oh. you're the people that we want to be making those types of decisions and we were like yeah so she was like if you get jury summons you should do it so you should do it zach see they probably wouldn't pick me they brought like th- with this podcast they'd probably be like oh he talks shit all the time there's also <laughs> like not keep his mouth yeah shut. there are some things that you can say that are like red flags to them i kind of tried to do that um, at the time, I was a journalism <laughs> student, so I was like, "Yeah, I'm a student journalist." <laughs> they, <laughs> hear me. They don't work. They, they tune into last week's episode and they hear me call Nancy Pelosi a witch, and they're like, <laughs> "I don't think we should." You're like, "Oh my jury. god, not that one." <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, and there was wait, anyway. there was one lady. Oh my god, I would never forget this. So before you get selected, so you get randomly selected as like a large group, and then the two lawyers will ask you question, like ask everybody questions. They take turns asking questions, and then they decide who they want to be on the jury. Oh yeah. And so while they were asking questions, I think they asked like what some people did for a living, or I don't know what it was. But this one lady talked about she works for like a crisis center or something, and she goes, "And I don't def- or I don't sympathize with wife beaters." And we were like. <laughs> 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 she did not get picked <laughs> oh my like, god that's so <laughs> funny good for her <laughs> she literally said that i was like homegirl is not about to sit here and listen to this trial she said get me out <laughs> that is so funny oh my god well anyway uh how was your holiday weekend i know oh a god. big chunk of that's it, a loaded question zachary you're gonna save it for later so uh <laughs> You don't have to talk about it. I spent 24 hours in New York City. It was very fun. We did a lot. We crammed a lot into 24 hours. Um, and now I'm sick. So fuck New York. <laughs> okay. You also went to a ginormous concert. Yeah. Did you have to show proof of vax? No, which is oh. annoying because you did last year. And apparently now I you did. Don't have to. No, this year in February. No, I'm talking about I went to the I tried to get oh. into the Harry Styles concert in uh, oh. 2021. And I thought you, you meant to. you like me when I went to the Casey concert. Oh, no, no, no. In at Harry Styles used to require vaccination. And now he's anti-vax. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't go that far, but I think <laughs> he's following the lead of our government and is just like forgetting that COVID existed. Oh, you're going to. So. Were you in the crowd like, is that... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> wait when did i i did that recently i went somewhere and i like was obnoxious about coughing because people weren't oh Ew. when me and nick when me nick and erica were at dear Evan hansen the kennedy center has a mask requirement you have to wear a mask the entire time that you're there mm-hmm. and some people just straight up were not wearing masks and they will literally stop you and tell you to put a mask on before you go into the theater and people still came mm. in the theater without masks somehow so when one group came by us and it's always the men nick pointed this out the women always comply and wear their masks. Stupid. The men are so fragile they can't wear their masks. Ugh. So Nick was like, "Oh, it's always the men." And I was like, "Oh, here's one coming right now." So I was like, <laughs> as they walked by, you I did not. Like, I literally did that. I was like, "Y'all are disgusting." Oh my god, you're funny. <laughs> well, anyway, all that being said, you're gonna talk about it more later. Let's just say that my weekend was good. Went to mom's. Saw the dogs, went to Nick's mom's, well, Nick's parents. Sounds very pleasant. It was fun. Uh, so yeah, you're not you're not feeling too well. So we're gonna try and keep this at a clip. But we also have, of course, this was like what a week, right? What we're a week. excited for this. Not even a week. Ago. What a 24 hours we've had. Yeah. For those of you who are thinking about whether or not to stay tuned in, this is we're talking about all the don't worry, darling shit. So you should just sit your little butt down and listen. Sit your little butt down. Yeah, but first, we're going to talk about the news. I only have a couple of things so that we can get to the juicy stuff. (laughs) (laughs) First funny thing. Remember that pregnant lady I talked about a couple weeks ago or or maybe a month or so ago from Texas? And she got a ticket for being in the HOV lane, and she claimed that she had a right to be because her fetus counted as a person. Hell yeah. (laughs) She got another ticket. (laughs) Wow. What a baddie. Breaking (laughs) the law left and right. Well, I don't know about baddie because remember, we're still not sure if she's pro-choice or not that's true i don't know i feel like that's such a good way to manipulate a bad situation (laughs) it is so she got issued a second traffic citation Mm -hmm. uh but the original case is still pending so now she's got two pending cases i do think it's smart i'll give her that it is smart and kind of funny so we'll have to see where it leads what's not smart and funny did you hear about this uh report from the national science foundation no. Oh my God. What? So yeah, this is pretty crazy to me and I wish it was more discussed. I only saw it on NPR, of course, King NPR. Your fave, you know, uh, stuff because of NPR. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You guys, Ely for my birthday, she got me this really cute ass NPR gift package, NPR socks, NPR shirt, NPR coaster that I use every single day. I just day, would like NPR sticker. I would like it to be known that I am really good at giving gifts and you're using the mug that I got you. Is that it? The mug? Yeah. You guys, I'm really mug? good at giving gifts. So befriend me because <laughs> I'll get you really good gifts. <laughs> and it's funny because literally just last night at Nick's parents' house, his mom and I were talking about how we wish they at NPR still did tourists because we would go together. That's what I really wanted to do <laughs> for your birthday. And then I saw that oh I couldn't God. I couldn't find info about tourists. So I was like, I'm just gonna give them a bunch of merch. That'd be so fun. Anyway, back to the dark side. Yeah, sorry, stuff. sorry, sorry. So again, this report was released by the National Science Foundation and it talks about the stories of harassment and sexual assault coming out of US research bases in Antarctica. And of course, Antarctica is a very isolated place. It's kind of yeah. hard to like find peace or Be escape. A criminal. <laughs> yeah. So they they basically just uh, talked to a bunch of people, a bunch of women and men who are at these research stations. Uh, one, one woman said that on her first day at one of the research bases, 
she was warned to avoid certain buildings unless she, quote, wanted to get raped. What? And another woman who worked there was so freaked out by the pervasive sexual harassment that she began carrying a hammer on her. Uh, the report also had a survey which found that 72% of female respondents agreed that sexual harassment was a problem and a little bit under half agreed that sexual assault was a problem. Uh, so yeah, the report just detailed this environment of harassment and uh, unfriendly workplace uh, to those who report. There was uh, one person who said that people on the station fear that if they're harassed or assaulted and report it, they will be the ones who will be going home. When things happen on ice, the number one thing I heard was don't report it or you will go home and be blacklisted from the program. So this is just batshit crazy to me if it's this big of a problem. And it's honestly really scary because like I said, yeah. it's, it's a very isolated environment. It's not easy to leave. Uh and I'm sure they're in close quarters down there and you can't necessarily just take a walk outside uh, to get like some respite or anything like that. So this oh is not good. And I hope this uh, report begins some sort of action plan to get this to stop. It yeah. sounds like some people should be going to jail. Literally. Well, the fact that like it's I feel like it's never good when people are like warning you about something and then on your first day right yeah. like if it's enough of a problem for us like oh yeah don't go here the fuck yeah i don't like that at all and it's just weird because you i guess you think of like typically like science types to be relatively peaceful smart people but apparently they're just as capable of harassment and assault that's that's men for you i guess anyway my last news story our friend J.K. Rowling, isn't she fun? Remember how she has that pseudonym, Robert Galbraith, for yes. her like detective books? Okay, yeah. So the sixth book of oh, the yeah. Cormoran Strike series, it's oh, called The Ink Black Heart, and it just came out. How and is she written six of those already? Jesus. I don't even know. And readers have <laughs> noted that the plot appears to mirror Rowling's <laughs> own experience of taking heat and losing fans for expressing her transphobic transphobic wow. views how creative uh, she has said publicly that the book was not based on her own life even yeah, though some right. of the events that take place in the story did in fact happen to her so <laughs> why lie <laughs> i i you know why the book centers on the story of edie ledwell a popular cartoonist who according to the official description is <laughs> quote persecuted by a mysterious online figure and ultimately found dead after her cartoon was criticized for being racist ableist and transphobic uh, and this is what jk had to say about all this <laughs> she said although i have to say when it did happen to me those who had already read the book in manuscript form were like are you clairvoyant I wasn't clairvoyant. I just, yeah, it was just one of those weird twists. Sometimes life imitates art more than one would like. Shut okay, the sis. fuck up. Okay. Oh. Literally, please stop. Oh my God. Nobody's going to buy that book. Fox News is going to buy that book. Fox News. Other people, you would be amazed. I mean, there's a reason why there's six books. It's But I mean, this is just, this is just too, too, too much. Going too far. Pushing too it. Much. Like, are it's, we supposed to sympathize with a character who is literally described as racist? Like, it's beyond parody amongst other point. things. It's like, what? I hate it. Let's move on. Let's talk about music. Yeah, let's. Okay. I know you have a story similar to this, but <laughs> I think this is funny simply because of the caption. So if you don't know, the Emmys occurred 
this weekend. We had like a, a very busy, very busy week. Wait, 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 wait. Not the creative, the creative arts Emmys happened this weekend. Yeah. Sorry. Not the some, real Emmys. Some Emmys were awarded this weekend. Yeah. Also, I should retract that. That makes it sound like they're not significant when I yeah, said not the real Emmys. Really the creative arts weird. Emmys. So guys, that's that? like, oh my God. this is stuff that's like not performance and best show. It's like cinematography oh. and all that. Which honestly, I kind of appreciate that the Emmys like really breaks up the amount of awards that they give out like throughout the year. As opposed to, mm-hmm. I feel like that way people get equal treatment. Whereas like the Oscars, I mean, granted, I'm sure there's significantly less Oscars, but like then we don't have to deal with that bullshit of them cutting out awards on TV, but it's fine. Yeah. And I do have to say Euphoria won best cinematography for a single camera show. Deserved. Yeah. That show looks absolutely best, gorgeous. Uh, guest. What was it? Guest appearance. Oh, they did? For who? Um, That guy. What's his name? Guy. <laughs> what guy? <laughs> that guy. You watch the show. What guy? Hold on. Let me tell you. I think they posted it on their Instagram. Best guest. I'm just trying to think. Like Outstanding guest actor in a drama series. Coleman Domingo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dummy. See, when I I think of guest, I think of like Gwyneth Paltrow rolling up to Glee and being like, I'm going to guest star. (laughs) (laughs) Was he not a guest? I mean, he was in two episodes. That's guest. Anyway, let's move on to the story. Okay. Um, so the story is Adele is just one win short of an EGOT after she won her Emmy this weekend for Adele One Night Only. She got several Emmys, apparently, according to Billboard. I obviously was not Good for her. But um, this is my favorite part of her caption. She celebrated by saying, trust me to officially have an ego laughing emoji. <laughs> Thank you so much at television A. C-A-D. I'm so honored to receive this. Yeah. Like Academy. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm sorry. I didn't know what that was for. Um, Well, thanks to Television Academy for giving Adele her ego. (laughs) She's so funny. But you know what I was thinking too after this? Plus what you put at the bottom that we're going to talk about in entertainment. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I feel like getting an EGOT now really isn't as big of a deal as it used to be. I mean, it is a big deal, but at the same time, it seems pretty fucking achievable for some people. <laughs> you know, what? let's just talk about it now, because the person I was going to talk about is a musical artist, first and, first and foremost. Sure. So the other person who's one step closer is Eminem, because he won an Emmy for Outstanding Variety Special for the Super Bowl halftime performance. The Super Bowl performance was crazy. That was crazy. Yeah. So he has 15 Grammys. Now an Emmy, and he has an Academy Award for Best Original Song for Lose Yourself for 8 Mile, of course. course. So he is a Tony away from having an EGOT. Eminem, of all people. Also, I have to say, this was a story I saw on Variety. Variety got a little out of control with with the the EGOT stuff because I saw Barack Obama, and I thought, oh, he's also one away from EGOT, and they said he's halfway. It's like, Okay. okay. That's Barack Obama still needs to get a Tony and an Oscar, <laughs> the two hardest ones to get. Right. I was gonna say, and that's the thing. It's not like some it's not like Eminem's gonna get a Tony, right? You never say no. I guess yeah, you never know. <laughs> but doesn't Lady Gaga also just need a Tony? Possibly. I'm like maybe somebody has an article. But you're right though. Watch. It is kind of like it is it's getting mm. Well, I mean, it's still only 17 people in the whole world have yeah, achieved it. And this is like for the last hundred years. So it's but not I feel like, like it's some recently, easy thing to do. 
Okay, the biggest stars who almost have an EGOT. This was written in 2022, September 2022. Um, give it to um, us. Kate Winslet, if she ever takes home a Tony. Oh, really? Obviously, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Billy Porter just needs an Oscar. Oh, interesting. Julie Andrews is a Tony away. Oh, she deserves it. I know. What a luxurious career. Um, who else? Common? <laughs> Stop. Yeah, he has an Oscar. That's right. He's a what Tommy, is... a Tony away. A t- Sorry. <laughs> you know, see, I every... almost won a Tommy. See, every. <laughs> you need to describe the backstory on that one because that was so fucking funny. <laughs> Funny enough, I just told this story to Nick and Erica while we were at the Kennedy Center. And Erica was like, "Oh, can you sing for us?" I was like, "No." No, I was a theater kid in high school. In my senior year, I was had the opportunity to play T Moon in Once on This Island, which if you haven't ever seen or listened to Once on This Island, it's a great musical. But um, I was played T Moon and once on this island it was nominated for a Tommy Award, which is like the Wisconsin High School Theater <laughs> Awards, which the name apparently has been changed because they found out the guy that they originally named it after was like problematic to some <sighs> level. Yeah. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> so, that, was I, <laughs> that was funny. That was there's a lot of people on this list. Sorry. Anyway, it seems like Tony Wait, is the elusive award. Is out Dick of all Van Dyke these. still alive? Yes. Wait, is he? I feel like I just <laughs> thought he died. Let's look it up. We love live Googling things. Dick Van Dyke. That motherfucker's alive. still alive. He's old. He's 96. Well, he's on this list. He has everything but an Oscar. I feel oh, like he's not going to get back to work in time. So. No, probably not. Guess who else is on this list? Who? Ron Howard. Is he also missing a Tony? Yeah, but how did he get a Grammy? For what? I don't okay, know. Okay, sorry. This is Let's a very on. interesting <laughs> list. Yeah. Anyway, so Eminem is, has an EGOT. Or no, he's close to an EGOT. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's just talk about Britney Spears. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, As y'all know, we kind of talked about this when it was just rumors. Now it's a tangible thing. Britney Spears and Elton John collabed for like a Hold Me Closer remix. It hit number six on the Hot 100 this week, making it Britney Spears' first top 10 hit in nearly 10 years. Let me tell you, though, that's the most auto-tune I've heard on a track since like 2010. <laughs> it's a lot i don't know how i feel about it i mean i'm happy for her but it's a lot it's a weird choice to come back with choices <laughs> choices yeah it was something um you know uh we'll leave it at that it's kind of camp though and we love i feel camp. like maybe that was the intention i don't know maybe it's hmm. like such a random thing to happen in society now that i feel like it had to have been intended to be campy i don't know though it was for the gays. Definitely for the gays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think so. <laughs> All right, if you're it... straight and you're listening to that, you got to stop. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's for everyone. Okay. Please let's go. <laughs> okay. Stop me. Okay. It's entertainment time. So the big story out of this week is the Venice International Film Festival is on. And that festival 
Toronto Film Festival, Telluride Film Film Festival. Those are the big three around this time of year where we get all of these uh, prestige film premieres. Uh, it's really where Oscar season gets started. And we haven't really had this for the last two years because of COVID, of course. So this mm -hmm. is the first like fully in-person, full shebang uh, Venice since 2019. So I feel like maybe that's why it feels like it's such a big deal this year. So I will say this outright. Ely's going to be talking about all the Don't Worry Darling <laughs> drama and pop culture. I want to talk about the stuff that's been getting rave reviews. Okay. So uh, the film Tar starring Kate Blanchett got is getting rave reviews out of Venice. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You told me about this. It's like a lock for an Oscar nom. I'm <sighs> really worried that she's jeopardizing Michelle Yeoh's chance at winning <laughs> Best Actress because they're probably both going to get nominated for sure. But my thing is, like, Kate Blanchett already has two Oscars and a plethora of nominations. Michelle has right. none. So please. I don't care I how great Kate Blanchett is, but right, it's obvious who deserves to win. It's just funny though, because this seems like they've already dropped a trailer for this. This seems like such a my kind of movie. Like I know I'm probably gonna love it. It's like a two hour and forty minute character drama. Oh shit! I'm gonna love it, and it seems like everyone else loves it. But I have to wait till November to watch it uh, as a normal person. Uh, <laughs> the Whale, which is Darren Aronofsky's new right. film starring Brendan Fraser. Oh my god, the videos. The people yeah. of the standing ovation. We'll get there, yeah. Uh, that's getting great reviews. I love uh, Darren's films. His last film, Mother, in 2017, is an oh, absolute yeah, you love that movie. whack masterpiece. Oh. If you haven't seen it, you need to watch it. It's one of the most unique experiences you'll ever have, and I love it. Uh, Bones and All also premieres at Venice. This is the Luca Guadagnino cannibal road trip movie I mentioned recently. <laughs> With Taylor Russell and Timothy Chalamet. Yes. Got great reviews. Except for Variety. The Variety critic did not like it. So it called it pretentious. Okay, wait. Did you see Timothy Chalamet's outfit for the premiere? The backlist? Yeah. Why I is everyone talking somebody, about it? I read somebody put on Twitter. They were like, oh, Rizzo from Grease's look from the back. Stop. I can't. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, Twitter's been popping off this weekend. Oh, my God. We've had good content. Great content. Yeah. Great stuff to work with. So uh, Bardo, which is uh, Alejandro Gonzalez and Yaritu's new film. Uh, a lot of these directors that are, that are coming to Venice, it's been a minute since their last films. And I don't mm. I don't necessarily think COVID is to blame. Like, for instance, uh, Yaritu's last film was The Revenant seven years ago. Oh, shit. Um, like I said, Aronofsky's last film was five years ago. Uh, Guadagnino's film last film was four years ago so like all these directors are coming back after long hiatuses um, but Bardo actually got very mixed reviews which is a shame because I actually love Inyaritu's films uh, but also Bardo's very long it's like three hours long that's mm. quite long mm -mm -mm. Uh, and then of course there's Don't Worry Darling which premiered at Venice and <laughs> I'm sad you guys like forgetting uh, despite all the drama i was really looking forward to this because as i've mentioned many times before olivia wilde's first film book smart is great it's a great 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 film it's so funny and i was kind of excited for her to try this completely different genre we are a florence Pugh fans in this house we stand for yeah. florence Pugh. yes we do so i was very excited and i'm so disappointed that it's been getting pretty mixed to negative right reviews now. right now mm -hmm. so when it comes to festivals there's not necessarily a um review embargo so 
critics have been just critics that are at Venice have been just posting their reviews on Rotten Tomatoes and stuff like that already. So Don't Read Darling has like a 39% from the critics that have reviewed it, which is a shame. Uh, but they're pointing to, I'm sorry to say, Harry Styles, Harry Styles. apparently okay. has a bad performance in this I film. I don't, I y'all know, y'all, y'all out of all the people in this world, the people listening to this podcast know I fucking love Harry Styles. I'm gonna pop off about him later. But <laughs> I think we can all unanimously agree that this was a whack ass decision to cast him. <laughs> What the fuck? He has like two acting credits. Why would you give him a leading role? I also don't know why they wouldn't let him keep his British accent because apparently that's another big issue is that right. he cannot hold his accent down. Or get him a dialect coach. Help help yeah. my guy out. Hey, you know, Olivia Wilde says if a film is bad, it's the director's fault. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was an old clip from like uh, what... Um, who was that? I just sent you that TikTok. It was some late night host oh, and she remember. was telling them that. Yeah, very unfortunate. But I will say mm-hmm. the good thing is the the two things I was most looking forward to for this film. Florence Pugh apparently emerges unscathed because apparently she's amazing in it. Which, of course. It's she's like the slaying. saving grace. She's slaying. so talented. And then also it's shot by Matthew Levitique and it looks great. And I'm also excited just to look at the film. So we will still be seeing it. We have to. We can't not see this movie. Hello. Even though we're, we're gonna, we're gonna. I, I'll I'll tell you this like offline so I don't potentially spoil it for people. I'm pretty sure I've clocked the twist for this movie already. Ooh. I'm pretty sure I've clocked the twist. Okay. So I'll tell you about it when we're done recording. Um, and then elsewhere, like I said, Telluride Film Festival is happening at the same time as Venice and uh, Sam Mendes's Empire of Light. It's his first film since, well, it hasn't been that long. He directed 1917, which was like two years ago. Mm, yeah. uh, but this stars Olivia Coleman and Michael Ward. And like this movie also seems like it's such a Zach movie. And I'm so excited to watch this where basically they they both work in a old time like cinema house uh, on a like the British coast in the 1980s. So they're like falling in love with the backdrop of like the cinema and like England and it seems like it it seems like such a thing I would love so I'm glad that it's been getting positive reviews I also cannot wait to see that but I have to wait until December as a normal person it sucks I wish I could go to these festivals it sucks being normal yeah how do you get invited Uh, press (laughs) or like be famous I don't know well become (laughs) press I don't know how do you become press I don't know I don't see it for me. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's get on to these standing ovations, which are just way too much. So uh, apparently Venice like tracks the amount of minutes that the crowd does why? a standing ovation for for Who the premiere. Who cares? I Sorry. don't know. But it, Personally, it's also, I feel like that's bullshit. No, it's too much. Like, I definitely think it's too much. And you'll see why. So don't worry, darling got seven minutes standing ovation right and that movie was trash so like wait are you going to talk about the drama with the ovation though <laughs> in pop culture are you? i'm gonna talk about everything okay so there's drama about the standing ovation we'll get there i think i know what you're talking about but florence Pugh left oh oh yes yes. yeah yeah okay okay we'll get there um the whale got a six minute ovation and brendan fraser was tearing up on stage because this is his big comeback role yeah um which is interesting to me because it sounds like a very sad movie he's playing like this 600 pound man who's trying to reconnect with his daughter who's actually played by sadie sink from stranger things Mm -hmm. uh it just sounds very 
sad, but I'm glad that it's a comeback for him uh, and that it made him so emotional. Bones and all got an eight and a half minute standing ovation. Oh Tar Imagine standing got and six clapping minutes. for eight minutes. I Jesus know. Christ. And then for some reason, Martha Mc, uh, Martha. <laughs> Uh, Martin McDonough's new <laughs> film, The Banshees of Inisherin. His last film was uh, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. So that was also five years oh, okay. ago. Um, that got 13 minute standing ovation. Yeah, I think we need to. I feel like it's part of much. it is like societal pressure. Like people are like, I'm not going <laughs> to be the one to stop clapping. Yeah. Unless you're Florence Pugh and you just get up and walk out. <laughs> the other thing I could think of is like maybe because this is the first like real full full festival in like three years maybe everyone's just super jazzed and i also think this is this is creating a very interesting landscape for award season because i do think that some of these directors have like saved their films because apparently a couple of these have like been ready like they've been done they've shot like a couple a year ago or longer or something and so they're all going to be released this year i think it's going to potentially be a really great year for film yeah but i do think that the standing ovations are just oppressive i think two minutes is fine two or three that's fine do we really need to go to eight 13 all that that's too much i also just can't envision continuously clapping my hands for 13 minutes that would cause me physical pain (laughs) yeah exactly anyway very strange let's move on i did want to touch on couple more things before we move to pop culture and all the mm-hmm. juicy beats. Mm-hmm. So this past weekend was Labor Day weekend, of course. For those of you who didn't know, a bunch of theater chains and theater owners got together and decided, hey, we should make this thing called National Cinema Day. And uh, all movie tickets, no matter what time, format, whatever, were $3 on Saturday only. So it was Shit. interesting because there were no new like big new releases this Labor Day weekend. So it was, it was like older fair, but of course we did get the re-release of Spider-Man No Way Home with like what, 11 extra minutes of footage. If, yeah. I don't people think it said was it didn't much. make much of a difference. Yeah. I heard it was um, just a silly post credit scene. Actually I saw just, it on TikTok. It was just They're silly. just trying to get past 2 billion. They're trying to, cause they're so close to $2 billion. I think this was made specifically to try and get them into 2 billion. So Maybe they, a they year it. after the movie came out. Come on. Yeah. Now. They're, they're pushing. But um, anyway, it was interesting because the national cinema day kind of paid off in terms of like how many people went so 8 million people went to the movies on Saturday, which is the highest attended day of the year. And if you compare that to Friday, which had 1 million people, and Sunday, which had 1.7, you can see that the National Cinema Day made a difference in terms of attendance and therefore concession sales, but not necessarily ticket sales, because this oh. is one of the lowest grossing Labor Day weekends <laughs> in recent memory. <laughs> Yeah, Yikes. the whole box office for the whole this is like every movie for the whole weekend only made $68 million. Uh, but another reason why I want to talk about this is because Top Gun Maverick took the number one spot ugh, from Spider Man No Way Home, which came in second. Top Gun Maverick was in its 15th weekend of release. This movie has been on digital for eons. Digital? Digital. Digital. <laughs> digital. For, uh, I think, like two weeks at this point. So you can rent it at home. You can watch it at home. But it's still going strong. And this is a fact I thought was very interesting. It is the only film in history to be number one at the box office on both Memorial Day and Labor Day weekend. Because it's been out in theaters for so long. And it is crazy. Like, at my Regal, 
it still has like normal like six showings a day. That when is some insane. Movies land three. It is uh it is also past Black Panther to become the fifth highest grossing film Ugh. domestically of all of time. Course. With of over seven hundred million dollars, yeah, that seems racial. It's giving racism, yeah. <laughs> I think it's. I mean, never say never, but I think it's going to stay there. I don't think it's going to get past the fifth spot. But that's just crazy to me. And I mean, it as just much seems as for such a simple movie. Well, to be fair, you didn't see it. Okay. <laughs> I I was going to say, as much as I think it's like definitely not deserving of all the money and all the critical praise i just thought it was i thought that like the flying segments were incredible but everything else was just regular well right i'm sure it's fun but it's like i think i think it's getting a lot of attention because there is a lot of hot men in it but i also think that it struck that like four quadrant balance of like everyone can see this and you know, a lot of conservatives in like the middle of the country don't love, go to the movies. But and they so, love propaganda. Exactly. So I think conservatives <laughs> are also driving this movie. It's 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 for everyone. And so I have to respect it in the sense of like it is like a blockbuster with Capital <laughs> B and it's crazy how successful it is. It just kind of blows my mind. Um, I also want to kind of talk about this. Na- what is it? National Cinema Day? Yeah, um, word on the street is that they want to try it again next year. Well, I was going to say, I want to talk about it from like a PR angle because mm-hmm. I feel like this is a really smart move. Um, although it didn't have an impact on ticket sales, I feel like that was probably anticipated. But if you actually think about it, I feel like after a year and a half to two years of people not opting to go to the movies, someone probably hired an agency and they were like, what if we did something that brought people back to the theaters to make them remember why they like going to the theaters. And I feel like that's what this did. So really from a PR sense, this like was a huge success and they probably will do it again because it's working. See, I actually hate it. And let me tell you why. (laughs) So even with like $20 tickets, people still act crazy at the theater and we'll take their phone out and we'll bring kids to a PG-13 movie. Okay. That's not what I'm saying. Let me finish. Let me finish. So I still am on edge about this is why like I like going on like a Wednesday night when and I check the seat map to make sure it's not a lot of people because people have little respect for theaters these days. And so I think this was a horrible idea because people that are just paying three dollars to see a movie. I don't want to know how rowdy and disrespectful some of the (sighs) screenings were, because imagine if you're like a 15 year old and you don't you're like oh three bucks sweet let's go with all my friends and they're just gonna they have no incentive to like watch the film and also this led to violence like i don't know if you heard about like there were a couple of shootings over the weekend that were centered around theaters oh my god where they were like because people like i mean i don't i don't know how to say this like kindly but just like like unsavory crowds that may not otherwise go to a movie they show up because like i said it's three dollars it's just the truth. I don't know how, but I I don't I don't I don't know what word to use. But people that just like have no respect for going to the movies, if it's three dollars, they're gonna show up just to kill time because it's something to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I hear you. And so <laughs> next year, I think if they're gonna do it next year, I think they should at least maybe do it matinees only to try and curb maybe some of the violence that was happening well i feel like they might change it so that way they're not consistently losing money every year but what i'm trying to say is that like 
again, from a PR standpoint only, this was a good move because it brought people back to the theaters and they did the concessions thing. They all bought their tickets. They showed up in mass. Mm-hmm. And if the intent was to get people to remember why they like going to the movies, the experience of going to the movies versus just purchasing something or streaming it, then this was a success. And I'm assuming that's why they did it because now more movies are being released in theaters only. And it's like, we're moving away from the at home box office situation. See, it's not good PR for me. Oh my God. Also, okay. I wanted to show they you. They don't was, care about you. I was curious on Saturday. You don't even buy snacks. No, I don't. Because when I go to the movie, I sit there to watch the movie. I don't go on my phone. Then you're not the target audience, the babe. You're not the target audience. Yes, I, are you fucking kidding me? I am the target audience. I love cinema. No, because they're and I getting pay their money from you. $21 a month to see exactly. a Exactly. You were not the target audience for National Cinema Day. <laughs> and I'm happy not to be. I don't like this day. I think it should go away. <laughs> Anyway, Zach I wanted to show that people you. People who can't afford full price movie tickets should no. Go to the okay, movie. I need to. I need to edit my <laughs> statement. When I say unsavory, I don't mean poor people. I actually like the idea because I. I think the movies are a wonderful place. I like the idea of making them more accessible. And yes, driving down the price is part of that. But I'm just saying, you know what needs to happen if National Cinema Day is going to become a thing, and if lower prices are going to become a thing, they need to institute better theater security. And like, just like Alamo Drafthouse has done it. where like, if you're on your phone, they're going to kick you out and they don't care. That's how it should be everywhere. You heard it here first. Because I think like, <laughs> like if you're on your phone, if you're talking there, I can't tell you how many showings have been ruined for me because people were talking. And also we live in like such a state of fear in this country because of like violence at movie theaters too. I literally am too scared to, to like turn and say something. That's why, um, when I tried to go see Malcolm and Marie, that Zendaya movie, I literally just left because this couple was just full on talking. Oh my God. And I just was like, well, shit, I might get shot if I tell them to shut up. So I just left. I was like, this is on Netflix. I can go watch it at home. So I think that's the issue is that it's on the theaters too. They need to foster a culture of like respect for what they're doing so that people don't come in just to like literally pass time in air conditioning. For three dollars, well, maybe next year they'll have it be National Respect for Cinema Day. Maybe I should start that. I'm very passionate about this, as you can see. <laughs> but anyway, I wanted to show you out of curiosity mm. on Saturday. I looked at my for context, you guys. The Regal across from me is like a 20 screen. It's a huge theater, and like I said, they're still showing Top Gun, and this was for like a 6 p.m. showing. Every single seat was sold for Top Gun, a movie that's been out for 15 weeks. Why do y'all like this movie? Come on now. I told four quadrants, like I said. Y'all doing too much. Anyway, we need to move on. My last story for entertainment. I guess this is like slightly on the line between entertainment and pop culture, but I wanted to talk about it. So Jennifer Lawrence had a cover story with Vogue. Mm -hmm. um, And she was talking about how she apparently suffered two miscarriages before giving birth to her son. Uh, So she had her first miscarriage was when she got pregnant in her early 20s and she had a miscarriage. She said she was alone in Canada um, oh my God. before she could get an abortion. And then she got pregnant again when she was filming Don't Look Up and suffered a second miscarriage. <gasps> and I just want to talk about these quotes she had. She said, I remember a million times thinking about it while I was pregnant, thinking about the things that would that were happening to my body, 
And I had a great pregnancy. I had a very fortunate pregnancy, but every single second of my life was different. And it would occur to me sometimes, what if I was forced to do this? Of course, she's alluding to the Roe v. Wade decision. Um, so she's talking about how the overturning of Roe v. Wade has, uh, like, she's had a lot of disappointment over that. And it's been directed towards a lot of her relatives back in Louisville, Kentucky, where she's from, um, because her family is very conservative, which she is not. So she was thinking about trying to repair that like rift after she had her son so that they could be a part of his life. Yeah. Um, but the Supreme Court ruling kind of complicated things. And she had this to say, she said, I just worked so hard in the last five years to forgive my dad and my family and try to understand it's different. The information they're getting is different. Their life is different. I've tried to get over it and I really can't. I can't. I'm sorry. I'm just unleashing, but I can't fuck with people who aren't political anymore. You live in the United States of America. You have to be political. It's too dire. Politics are killing people. And honestly, I just want to talk off. about this because I respect that. Yeah. I and Well, and it's good that someone with this platform is saying what we're all like us regulars yeah, are all thinking. Exactly. Like I, 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 wouldn't necessarily call myself a fan of Jennifer Lawrence. So that's why I'm surprised in, in seeing this and seeing her. And we were just talking earlier today via text that like, I wish celebrities would be more honest. Right. And so I just wanted to say respect for Jennifer Lawrence. And uh, I'm excited for your movie too. That's coming out. It's called uh, Causeway. I think it's coming out later this year too. So wow. yeah, just wanted to, and she's in mother and that's oh. her best performance. Go watch oh. mother. That's your homework assignment. You um, and those who are listening. I was like, I don't do homework, but <laughs> don't watch it with your parents. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's very disturbing. Anyway, oh, okay. Pop culture. Let's do this. Okay, you guys. <laughs> We're so excited. Okay. We've had a lot of great things happen oh, in, yeah. like I said, the last like 24 to 48 hours that have allowed me. And many others to just like have so much fun on the internet and compile this like great breakdown of things that I have to talk about. So like Zach said, we're talking about everything <laughs> that's been going on with the Don't Worry Darling. <laughs> I'm, I'm worried, darling. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a little concerned. Um, okay, I'm going to try and be very brief with like the drama leading up to this moment. And then we can like really go in on like this shit that's the weird ass shit, be weird ass behavior <laughs> that happened like the last two days okay so if y'all don't know <laughs> this movie's coming out they released the first trailer everybody was like ah. love how couldn't hear any of that oh my god it's funny i was just me right before I this anything. i recorded the glee version with nick and i was trying to sing um keep holding on and i was doing it so high pitched <laughs> that nick couldn't hear any of it and i told him i was like i'm so sick of zoom canceling out when we hit these I notes know. like come on now sometimes it's helpful but it's not helpful right now <laughs> okay well i was just saying they released the trailer and all the girlies were girlying we were all very excited <laughs> um and then it started to become obvious that florence Pugh was like not promoting this movie at all and like anytime new updates would come out about this movie she would post about other things that she was working on she just was like not about it. And some people were like, what's going on? And so I was receiving information from Demois, of course, y'all know. <laughs> people were like, oh, I have tea. Apparently there was like some, 
there was there's a rift happening between Florence and Olivia because Florence was upset with how some things were handled on set with like her Olivia's professionalism on set with her new boyfriend Harry Styles. Well, I also heard too that apparently she's friends with friends of Jason Sudeikis, and so yeah, she's kind of on so his side. Like some drama, yeah. yeah. So that was that's level one, okay. <laughs> Now, level two happened very recently when Olivia Wilde did this variety interview, was it? Yeah. And she was just saying shit. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what possessed her to just go off like that, but she said straight up lies about how Shia LaBeouf was left the movie. If you don't know, Harry Styles replaced Shia LaBeouf. And she was she tried to be the hero, I guess, and say that she fired him to make Florence feel more comfortable on set, which was 100% not true. And as a retaliation, Shia has released private text messages between him and Florence Pugh that proved that they were on very good terms and then released a video that Olivia literally sent him saying that maybe this will be a wake-up call for Miss Flo, which we'll talk about. That's so patronizing. (laughs) Um, and so it's like very obvious that he wasn't fired. Um, Shia LaBeouf was like, uh, I'm not about to be slandered in the press. Um, he said, Miley, what's good? Oh my God. <laughs> he had the receipts. Um, which is like baffling to me why somebody would like go on record and say things that they know are untrue when they also know that literal proof of their words, like proof that their words are untrue exists. I don't know. I don't know who told her to do that, but Olivia Wilde was out here lying and Shia LaBeouf came with the receipts. Oh, so Livia Wilde. You're <laughs> 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 lying. So then level three starts uh, a couple of days ago when we find out that Florence Pugh is not going to be present for the press conference at this film festival. And I feel like we were all like, yeah, okay. And then Olivia was like, oh, because she's filming Dune. And I, as a director, I know how hard it is to lose an actor even for a day. So we're so happy she can come to the premiere, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And lo and behold, Miss Flo showed up drinking hand with her cute little matching set. Aperol spray. (laughs) Oh, my God. Wait, also, I have to say something. Guess who was also at Venice for, I think, a longer period of time. Guess who's also in Dune Part 2? The star, Timothy yeah, Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet. So that He's whole Dune really... Part 2 excuse was oh not girl, vibing. What are you saying? Yeah. So <laughs> but yeah, her little that's... Aperol spritz and her she purple. She showed up and was yeah. like, I'm here, y'all. Wait, Literally also, during the press you guys, conference. She showed up. Yeah, she showed up less than 10 minutes after the press conference ended. <laughs> that's such if a If you ever want like a how-to guide on how to be petty... <laughs> just like watch what florence well, p has been doing how to be petty but also somehow manage to In stay really out of the drama way. yeah yeah like just don't <laughs> say anything just live your life and people get mad and uncomfortable okay but let me keep going so that was level three now level four well i would say a continuation of level three is that during the <laughs> press 5. conference yeah 3.5 Somebody asked, I mean, basically Olivia Wilde probably came into that knowing that she couldn't not address all the internet rumors. And I would say she articulated what she was trying to say well, but she clearly deflected the question. And so it was kind of like, hmm. She said like the internet feeds itself. I don't feel the need to contribute to that, blah, blah, blah. Right, right. Um, Y'all can look it up. She deflected. It's fine. But then the funny part is also like watching the behavior of other people, of other panelists. (laughs) 
uh, Harry Styles in particular was mumbling and cackling that whole time. He was all (laughs) (laughs) having the time of his life. Like he was 12 years old. And Chris Pine. And then Chris Pine on the opposite (laughs) side of the table is sitting there stone faced, like rolling his eyes. He's literally having the worst time of his life. So. It's very interesting to see how everybody's dealing with, how the supporting cast is dealing with this. So that was level three. Now level four is the actual day of the premiere, okay? This is where like the weird behavior starts happening. So we, everybody begins arriving and of course everyone looks stunning, right? Oh my God. Everybody for pictures. Miss Flo comes in. Oh my God. Valentino dress sparkling oh my god you guys she is incredible. so pretty incredible incredible she's gorgeous mm-hmm. she knows how to dress herself and, and i like how know, she's... she's newly single yeah she she looks incredible undeniably beautiful that her stylist is styling okay yep. she looks amazing so then they're the press everybody's arranging them for photographs um the couple of the hour do not even so much as make eye contact with each other. Oh, yeah. They don't stand next to each other the entire evening. They don't sit next to each other the entire weekend. I think they talk to each other once. And I then, wonder if that was their choice or their like agent's choice. I know. Somebody was like, well, maybe they were instructed not to act like a couple to, you know, be professional or like not to distract. But it's like they didn't even stand next to each other for a photo. Yeah. I weird. don't know. It's very sus. Anyway. Then um, Florence didn't even stand next to they. Nobody stood next to each other. That was supposed <laughs> to. It was like the supporting cast was placed very strategically throughout the photos so that the 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 problematic children were separated. <laughs> Somebody on Twitter was like, "Oh, whoever came up with this seating chart has definitely done seating charts at weddings with divorced families. <laughs> Gotta keep them away." That's pretty much what happened. And then we get finally get to sit down and watch the film. And (laughs) some of the most whack ass (laughs) video footage I've ever seen in my life comes out. And apparent. So it it looks like people were saying Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine. Oh my God, spit gate. He he obviously like logically it would be very reckless to spit on a colleague when you know that yes. the cameras are on you and you're supposed <laughs> to be like the America's sweetheart or whatever. <laughs> so he clearly didn't spit on him, but it, the video footage in that context was very convincing, and people have been making a lot of great internet content about it. And then wait, you don't. We need to talk about theories. Because I actually, you know which one I adhere to? Theories about like what actually happened? Yeah. Okay, which one do you adhere to? So obviously, Harry, unless he was like drugged out of his mind, which I don't think he would, there's no way in hell he would purposely spit on Chris Pine. But I do think like he was just the way his face was. I think, you know, sometimes people, they they do a whistle. It's kind of like a, uh-huh. like that sort of thing. I think maybe he was doing that like, here we go, watch the movie. And as he was doing it, spit left his mouth unintentionally. I do think that spat left his mouth and landed on Chris Pine, Chris Pine, because both Chris Pine and Olivia like looked down at his lap at the same time. So they're clearly reacting to something. 
but there's no way he did it on purpose. That's just nuts. Right. Well, that's a convincing theory. I've also heard the theory that, okay, so you've seen the video clip of Chris Pine putting his sunglasses on right as the movie starts. Yeah. People were saying that he like had his sunglasses and then he like, they fell like in between his legs and he like was looking for them. And then he picked him up and he was like, oh, and like laughed at himself. Like, oh, I'm an idiot. And then, like, the timing of that happening just happened to be right when Harry, like, bent over. And that's when he realized, like, oh, my God, where's my sunglasses? That's a theory I adhere to because you can see him literally grabbing them and being like, oh, okay. Mm. And then he put those on. He's like, I'm going to take a nap. He literally, you guys, he definitely took a nap. He's so over it. He's so done. (laughs) And I don't blame him. He's tired. I'm tired. (laughs) Um, Regardless. Chris Pine's people have officially issued a statement that he was not spat on. So you can, of course they would say rest that. your souls. Um, so then what level are we on now? Was that four? Four. That was four. So level five is after the premiere happened when they received that long ass, unnecessary ass um, standing <laughs> ovation. ovation clapping. There were a couple things that happened. Uh, one Florence. Now, I did eventually see footage of Florence Pugh making eye contact with Olivia Wilde during the standing ovation. But for a while, homegirl was dodging it. She was looking every which way. And Olivia Wilde was like clearly trying to like clap for her. Uh, And homegirl was like, (laughs) was looking at every every other direction aside from at Olivia Wilde. And then Harry's awkward ass was literally just kind of standing there like... (laughs) he didn't know what to do so then he goes over and kisses nick kroll (laughs) and then people zoomed in on olivia's face when he did that and she literally rolled her eyes like in the back of her head oh yeah he kissed him on the lips which was weird like (laughs) well we know how harry is he loves oh wait yeah he loves to play up the rumors of him yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. so he did that but then before that happened i think florence Pugh basically got sick of people clapping for her She was like, all right, you're done. And then she started leaving. So some people were like, oh, oh, okay. And that's what ended the ovation. That's <laughs> what literally what move. ended it. She was so sick of it. She was like, okay, you guys, chill. It wasn't that good. Which, hey, I don't I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. But <laughs> according to them reviews, <laughs> not that good. So so that's basically everything that happened. I no, think. you're I forgetting something? my favorite part. I don't I think this happened the day of the premiere, before the premiere. The interview oh, with Chris Pine Harry and Harry saying, Styles. Oh, this is like a movie. My favorite part of the movie is that it feels like a movie that you know you go to the movie. <laughs> Homeboy was vamping, you guys, for way too long. To the he point where like it was like idiot. somebody snatched the mic. He clearly did not get any media training, which is no. so sad. And again, he has like three acting credits. Like, why did we yeah. put him into like just shove him into the pit with the wolves? Like not good and then chris pine who is clearly a seasoned actor grew up in the industry has hella degrees he's sitting there cringing he's trying not to vomit because listening to harry styles say it's like a movie my favorite part of this movie movie. is that it feels feels like like a movie movie. (laughs) like and now that has become a tiktok sound and i'm obsessed like the videos i mean it's like this is stuff that the internet picks up on so quick and it's so funny it's it's so funny i I bet if you went through my my twitter likes right now it would just be all don't worry (laughs) darling tweets because it's it's so good and so 
Yeah. Sorry, if I forgot wanna, about the interview. If you want to see something really funny, you guys, just watch the interview and just look at Chris Pine's face. Cause he's it is so dying. But I think he came out on it's top of this because now he's like him. a meme king. <laughs> and the best part is he literally probably has no idea because he has a flip phone. <laughs> which if you saw the pictures, he brought like a disposable camera. Oh, yeah, he's taking pictures of flow. Because he doesn't have a smartphone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, this was such a strange event. Um, we'll go down in history. People will study this in yeah. psychology classes for years to come. I'm really sad that we won't be recording the Tuesday after we go see this film because I would love to talk about it. But we can talk about it when we come back, maybe. Definitely. Because we're we'll going to make be a little back. date out of it. We're going to go see it. We can't not see it, you guys. Come I feel on. like we have to. Yeah. Maybe we yeah. should get t-shirts made or something. We should dress what up. What would they say? Would it just be like... Uh, Chris Pine's I'm face. worried, comma, darling. Uh, and then it's Chris Pratt or Chris Pine's uh, face with, the, like, with the little headphones on. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, I love that. Wow. What okay. A saga. So I think that's the that's the whole saga. I think I covered everything. We if have you have another saga coming. I out. feel like if you haven't seen any of this at this at the at the point that you're gonna be listening to this, I, I don't know what to tell you. Please look it up. Go on Twitter. It's not that it's not that difficult. Just go on any app um, and you will see something about it <laughs> or look it up. I'm sure there's hella YouTube edits already. Um, okay. Now we do have another saga, a lot shorter, but still very fun. Very interesting. Okay. So if y'all don't know who Jason Aldean is, um, he's a country singer. <laughs> Bet you can guess where his political allegiance lies based on that. <laughs> but um, his wife, who I don't know who that bitch is. She made a very weird Instagram post literally for no reason. Nobody asked for this. Nothing prompted her to do this other than her own personal hatred. It was literally a picture of her doing her makeup. And the caption was something like, I'm so glad my parents didn't change my gender when I went through my um, tomboy phase. I love being a girl or something like that. And it was like, okay. (laughs) And I put on the outline. I said, it's hilarious to me how bigots are just dying for the opportunity similar to the whole jk rowling thing they're dying for the opportunity to like show off their bigotry they want people to know that they're hating ass bitches and it's like (laughs) literally nobody asked nobody asked and they will just put it out there and they'll be like oh my god you guys attacked me and it's like why did you (laughs) even say that in the first place nobody quite literally you attacked them not the other way around I don't know. So she posted that. <laughs> and then Marin Morris, who is also a country singer, called her out in some fashion. I didn't really dive deep enough to know how she was called out. But then afterwards, Fox News called Marin Morris lunatic country music person. <laughs> <laughs> like that was the, the, the thing they put on the bottom of the screen with her picture. Lunatic country oh music person. Again, this is a real news website. Or a real news, uh, but real in quotation marks, right? Real the fact that they <laughs> official, seem to be established, maybe? but yeah, official. I don't know. We'll say that <laughs> they called her lunatic country music person. Person, oh my god, which she then turned into t shirts that said Marin Morris lunatic country music person. And she <laughs> sold, uh, she sold them and raised over a hundred thousand dollars for trans organizations in one day. So, shout oh, out to Fox great. News for doing that and giving us great content to raise money for trans people. Oh, that's got to so, bother them. The fact they were way, responsible for a hundred thousand dollars directly supported. Yeah. So, yep. if you didn't know, Fox News supports trans people. 
Wow, okay. what a leaf they've turned. I know. <laughs> Doing so much for society. <laughs> okay. Now, the last story I have is just absolutely hilarious to me. Um, uh, I'm going to do a little... You know we love a dramatic reading. Yeah. I'm going to do a little dramatic reading if you'd like. If, if, you, if you will allow me to. Yes. Okay. So, for context, Jamila Jamil recently weirdly defended in some way Leah Michelle on Instagram. Again, nobody asked for this. Um, <laughs> I don't even think Leah Michelle asked for this. Um, I don't even think these two humans know each other personally. I think you have to describe the backstory of the meme in case people okay. don't know. So if you guys don't know, there's like a huge joke going around on the internet. It's like <laughs> one of those huge inside jokes that Leah Michelle can't read. It basically started because apparently she used to send people emojis that didn't make sense when they would like text her. And then it became an internet meme. It's a joke now on all platforms. Um, and it's hilarious. Yeah, and it's, she, it's a joke. And right. if you don't understand it's a joke, then like, I don't know right. what to tell That's you. That's the problem. It's obviously a fucking joke. It's like obviously, people saying Millie Bobby Brown is homophobic and runs over gays with her cars. She's right. actually like, do she's that, you guys. obviously literally never done that. <laughs> but we run with it and we act like that's what and this is why i wanted to talk about it because i put on here it just makes me so fun it makes me laugh how celebrities are so like unaware of internet culture that they yeah. will hop onto anything and be like you guys are being so mean so <laughs> this is what happened yeah and leah michelle addressed this recently um i think she's my i feel like she kind of played played along you know i don't know but she's funny jamila jamil posted this on instagram it was one of those screenshots. Those oh, screenshots I saw it. Yeah, I read posts. it. Yeah, I'm, okay. ready. I'm, I'm gonna read it now. <clears throat> I see a lot of people claiming a certain actress can't read, and then laughing at her. Whatever <laughs> your issue with someone, and I don't know who, I, and I don't know this woman or anything about her, but laughing at the idea of anyone not being able <laughs> to read makes you look like a prick. <laughs> an elitist ableist bore it's embarrassing for you not them and that's what she put on instagram wait and then her caption said don't let the debris of your bullets meant for some hit those you weren't aiming at i don't know <laughs> wait she continues to go on some people can't read because of disability learning disabilities some can't because of a lack of access to education your words and actions also affect them. If you're so fucking smart, find a smarter way to insult people <laughs> you think are bad. And then she put this emoji. Rock on. The <laughs> this shit is so funny. It's so funny because it's like obviously a joke and she's like up in arms about it. Like says take that energy and actually do something for the disabled community if you care so much I know. like what is this doing <laughs> like you're a celebrity you got money <laughs> take that she hulk check and donate it to some reading society i don't fucking know bitch although i don't we know how big that chick that. is because she showed up for 30 seconds at the end of the first episode <laughs> we're past episode three she has not come back so <laughs> I don't know what's good with that. Um, oh but God. I would love for her to do the same thing for the Millie Bobby Brown jokes. Cause I just, it's so. If you funny. think someone, and I don't know this person, is homophobic, <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> don't let stray bullets from your intended target. Yeah, what did she say? <laughs> don't let the debris of your bullets meant for some dot, dot, dot 
hit those you weren't aiming at. Like she was like, wait for it. And here's the punchline. <laughs> okay, wait. Now I did, I saw you put this on the outline earlier and I read the post. I thought it was so funny. I need to read you a comment that I saw that sent me to the moon. I think it's okay. so funny. Please go ahead. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm already tearing up. It's so funny. This is from user Loki and Willow. Oh man. I think it's funny because it's so well written. I cannot tell if they're being serious or if they're it's a really funny joke. If an actress can't read and can learn all her lines and deliver a great performance, shouldn't we be applauding her ability to adjust so well? <laughs> So oh my god oh and my i god. love the comment section because it's like half people being like oh my god i love you for standing up for this community and the other half is like are you fucking joking <laughs> like oh this my is god. hilarious like the the people that are in this comment section and of course comments now have been limited i don't know if her comments were limited. oh my god i personally cannot comment she might just have that as a setting for all of her posts but I don't know. <laughs> wow, that was so funny. Thank you for talking about that. <laughs> You're welcome. That was funny when I saw it. I laughed. <laughs> I just celebrities just be embarrassing themselves and yep. they don't even realize it. And it's just it's it's really good for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, should we get into the media moment? Yes. It's time. For the media moment. You are going first. Okay. Literally. I was I wasn't sure if you were gonna be upset because I was like, I I personally feel like this counts as media. Music is media, and you it were just is. listening to it in person. And live I have no music. qualms. Okay, good. Nope, I have no qualms. Okay, my media moment for the week is Harry Styles' love on tour at Madison Square Garden, because if you didn't know, that's what I did. Again, you went so high-pitched, we couldn't hear that. Oh, my God. Okay, you know what? We're using a different platform. I'm done with this. Uh, no. <laughs> They're charging us in for what? <laughs> okay. Get rid of all your cute, high-pitched noises. Harry Styles this weekend. Um, it was very fun. He is an absolutely electric performer and the thing is he's been doing For music this... not the screen yes. <laughs> on stage you know he should really stick to what he's good at because he's really good at at performing his music live not so good at acting um but you know whatever um and the thing is he's been doing love on tour since like september of 2021 and he's really got it got it down like it's just it's great. It's it's not that long. It was only like an hour of his performance. Um, oh, that is short. Yeah, it was pretty short, but it was really fun. It was such a good time. Um, some of the things that I enjoy about um, the concert is one, the format is very simple. It's literally just a black, plain black T-shaped stage with Harry and his band, and that's it. And then also what I love is that Harry wears a different outfit every single night. Oh, I thought you were going to say every single song. I was like, how does he do that? <laughs> no, every night he wears a different outfit, which is cute. Oh, but cool. there's no like fancy outfit changes or anything like that. Like it's literally very, it's very like intimate in a way. It's like just him and his music. Intimate and at you. Madison Square Garden. 
Okay, that's why I said in a way, because it's not like a huge like theatrical experience. It's just him and his music and the listeners. Yeah, I see what you mean. Something else that I enjoyed is that I feel like it's like a universal unspoken rule that like everyone who's going to a Harry Styles concert is dressing up and we're going to have fun with it. And I feel like that just makes it more fun. Like at first I was kind of like, oh my gosh, the girlies are girlying. But <laughs> No, it was really fun to like shop for my outfit and to like wear a little different outfit that I would never wear regularly at this concert to like match Harry's style. And it was fun. And some people got like everybody looked so good. And it was cute how like regardless of where you're sitting, like obviously Harry couldn't see us in section 218 and what we were wearing. <laughs> but it was like everybody dresses up and it's fun. So I had a good time and. Of course, Harry's a great live performer. He sounds incredible live. His band was awesome. The transitions between songs was really great. Um, it was just so much fun. And um, yeah, I had a really good time. I will never forget it. I took great videos, although a lot of the videos have me going like. <laughs> <laughs> Again, couldn't hear that. but <laughs> Okay, it's me screaming in the background. <laughs> Or screaming the lyrics. Although, too, so during the song, especially Treat People With Kindness, everybody was, like, dancing and jumping. The whole, like, floor that we were on, like, we were shaking the room. Oh, no. It was, I was like, oh, my God, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> but that was, like, the most fun I've ever had at a concert, I think. Wait, so you wanted him, you said you wanted him to sing Daylight, and he opened with that? No, well, he opened with daydreaming, um, and then he did golden, and then he did adore you, and then he did daylight. But you it was like all four. Okay, it was like all four of those songs, like continuous back to back, like no break. It was just kind of like that was his opening sequence. Interesting. Yeah, I was screaming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what did he close with? He closed. Oh my God. The closing was awesome because he was like, okay, everyone, like, thank you so much for coming out. Have a good night. Take care of each other, you know, whatever. And then it did the, um, open the like opening to, um, as it was like, come on, Harry, we want to say good night to you. And everybody started screaming. And then he did as it was. And then he like very seamlessly transitioned into his song QE from his first album. And that's what he ended with. Oh, I did I'm make a playlist a with his entire set list. So I've been listening to it over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> and he also sang one of his like unreleased songs that people like really liked. And everybody was like chanting for him to sing it. And he did sing it. So that was cool. That is cool. It sounds like he accomplished a lot in 60 minutes. He does. He really does. He sings almost everything off of Harry's house, except for grape juice. I think. Oh, and... I like that song. I know. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that he doesn't sing. I think he he doesn't sing Grape Juice and he doesn't sing Boyfriends, but he sings everything else. Damn. And he sings some, he sang one One Direction song and he sang a couple of songs from Fine Line and he sang two songs from uh his first album, Harry Wait, Styles. Wait, what was the One Direction song? Um, That's what make you beautiful. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah, it was wow. so good. It was great. It was such a good time. I'm so happy you had a lovely time. I did. I did. Well, my media moment is also involves Brits. <laughs> should I should I talk about it in an accent? <laughs> yeah, I you actually have a good accent. So this no. is new <laughs> program on, on Netflix. <laughs> program. It, it, it's a spin-off of the great British baking show. 
Is it wow. bike off or biking okay. show? Now you just sound like a. Uh, you sound like how people would play British animals on in children's movies. Uh, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's a spinoff. It's called Junior Baking Show. Okay, I'm just going to talk about it. Mario. <laughs> um, it's a spinoff called Junior Baking Show. I don't know why it's confusing because in the actual show, like at the tent, they still have the tent and everything, same setup. Oh. It says JBO, like big letters. Zoom tight. Sorry. It says JBO in big letters outside the tent. And I'm like, is it called Junior Bake Off in England? But here I think called... it is. The yeah, show is called Great British Bake Off. So I want to call it Junior Bake Off because right there, every single episode says JBO, but it's Junior Baking Show if you're looking for it on Netflix. And so I love the Great British Bake Off. It's just so like, I love how compared to American cooking competition shows it's comparatively chill it feels lower stakes it's not aggressive it's not super judgmental or mean i mean people Mm -hmm. go home but like it's just so like matter of fact yeah and so trans and i love british people love british people as ely famously once said they're either like prim and proper and cute or they're disgusting and crazy they're so vulgar (laughs) yeah it's like there's no and there's no in between it's one or the other (laughs) I've never met a British person that was in between. I've never really met a British person, but I've never <laughs> seen a British person that was in between my two stereotypes. Yeah. So imagine that, but like with kids, they're between the ages of, I think, like eight and 15. And it is so precious and funny. Wait, I... is Paul Hollywood on this show? No, that's my one criticism. So yeah. I'm actually, the they have two judges, uh, Rav and Liam. I actually love them. I think they're really good with the kids. Um they're like they're able to strike that fine line between like they're they're critical but they're not like super harsh because they're kids you know and they're like encouraging the one thing i do not like is the fucking like host um so i I, as as much as i am a fan of the original show i do not remember the names of like the the hosts that were on there longest but the host is this one like uh british comedian he's like bald he's not the same as the ones that the guy not the same as any of the comedians that have been on the main show. And he's just like doing the most and not funny in the like, so every time, every time he announces to them, like, you know, you have 30 minutes left, 15 minutes left. Every time it like comes with a little tiny skit and it's just not funny. And that's the one thing I don't like, but these kids are so (laughs) precious. They're like little Muppets. Um, They're so cute. And, I, I also, there's something kind of endearing because like Nick and I watched the most recent season of MasterChef Junior and those kids amaze me the I way know. they cook. It's, it's crazy. It's shit crazy. And it's like, and I think maybe the- I'm a grown adult and yes. like, <laughs> I would never even fathom doing some of the stuff. That yeah. Do. I don't know what's good with that. I don't know if it's like American competition or some shit or whatever, but there's something endearing about how on this show. Like some of a lot of their baking is shit. (laughs) A lot of it's pretty bad. Um, Oh my God. Specifically the presentation, (laughs) like eight times out of 10, it's horrible, Uh, um, (laughs) but it's funny. And I just love it. I've only watched um, three and a half episodes. There's 15. I like how they released them all at once, but I will keep watching. I, I just, I just think it's great and wholesome. Now I want to watch the Great British Baking Show. No, watch Junior Baking Show. I don't like kids. 
They're so funny. They're maybe so I will watch it because they're British. They're so funny. And, and girl, I know that we've been on this recently. The amount of times they say no. Oh no. <laughs> oh like, my god. No. I've been telling everybody about that. If y'all don't know, I started saying oh no in front of my coworkers when we were on a work retreat and they thought it was the most funniest fucking thing ever. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god, you guys, calm down." <laughs> <laughs> like they think I'm so fucking funny because I said that. Um and so now we've been saying it more and because there's a character in our fashion game that we've talked about on this podcast her name is also nar which i do not understand where that came from what culture that is if that's your culture please inform me because i would really like to know um but yeah she comes into the shop at least once a day Pretty frequent miss nor yeah, yeah she comes in nor and i'm like oh god here's this bitch again I'm gonna look up what that name means. Meaning of the name, because she spells it N O U R. Oh, I thought it was. Oh, it means light. Oh, that's cute. Anyway, is it pronounced Nor? I, in our eyes, it is. Okay. I think it's Nor. Oh. But it's Nar for us. Nar. Anyway, there, there are. They just, you know, it's like kids say the darnest things. They're so funny and. Mm-hmm. On more than one occasion, and of course they don't know this because they're kids. But like innuendo comes up, and it's funny because this little British kids saying literally like, "Nothing like a little bit of whacking can't fix." <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay, <laughs> and also one of the kids is obsessed with using instead of saying like zigzag or jagged, they mm-hmm. at at least once an episode they'll be like, "It's a little bit too jiggity jaggedy." Oh no. <laughs> like, oh no. What? No. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh and very sad though, because the first kid that goes home was like such a favorite of mine. His name is oh, I'm not gonna give it away. I'm not Don't gonna give it away. It. But such a favorite of mine. He had the vaginas buck teeth. Um <laughs> well, I, I guess that's kind of a spoiler, but anyway, just watch it. It's just a good time and it's it's Aww. pure and funny and English. My favorite thing. Yeah. So anyway, I suppose we should wrap this up. You guys, we have one more episode after this before we take our extended break. It's <gasps> <laughs> crazy. Yeah. No. I'm kind of like excited for a break though, you know? I feel like every time we do have like a little bit of a break, it comes at the right time. It's like, oh yeah, I'm ready. It's like recharge time. And then it's so long too that when we're back from it i'm it's like a, re, a I'm new like looking rejuvenation forward to it. yeah i'm like yeah because oh, yeah, i miss this it was like the break between season one and season two i think was like almost two months it was and long I, I missed it i was like oh my gosh i can't wait so i kind of did too yeah yeah, yeah. i'm i'm kind of ready i'm getting sick of you okay <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> and then like when we come back we're gonna come back with the splash because we have to talk about black panther i know i can't wait I can't wait. Yeah. But next week cry. we're talking about uh D23. We were gonna end we were gonna end this week, but then I was like, well, the fucking we can't Disney not convention. Talk about, yeah, because there's you gonna know be shit's so gonna much go news. You yeah. already know shit's gonna go down. And also it's, there's some speculation, but there is some speculation. And if Ely gets feeling better and isn't sicky, she also gets to meet my dad. We want to talk about that. 
definitely better feel better you've been sounding pretty good this episode i have to say i actually have been feeling pretty good i I feel like it can't be coronavirus i'm gonna take a test tomorrow and then i'll probably wait a day because it hasn't been five days since the concert and so i don't want it to be like false negative and then i'm like oh i'm fine But um, I think I'm okay. I don't know. Fingies crossed. I'm just pissed that I got sick twice this year. I usually do not get sick ever because I have a really good immune system. Because yeah, I got swine flu when I was a kid. Ah! That's what that's what I like to blame it on. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. Uh, I have to tell you my theories about the twist and don't worry, darling. Anyway. So. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I'm excited. Get that. But. Okay. Um, Love you all, and we'll Love see you, you next week for the mm-hmm. finale. Yeah. All right. Have a good night. Have a good night. Oh my God, I almost forgot to say it.